0: Welcome to the Core EM Podcast, core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. As promised last week, this is an additional podcast where we're going to highlight a talk that Jay Lemry gave at our shop for our Wilderness Medicine Conference on May 6, 2015. Now, Jay Lemry is an Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at the University of Colorado School of Medicine, and he's the Chief of the Wilderness and Environment Medicine Sections. He's the immediate past president for the Wilderness Medicine Society, and he's currently the EMS Medical Director for the United States Antarctic Program. Jay's also co-editor for a textbook coming out this year called Global Climate Change and Human Health, looking at the interplay between medicine, health, and how it affects the environment. This talk that Jay gave is about wilderness medicine in 2015 and what it means to emergency medicine and why we should all be interested in the topic. Without further ado, here's Jay Lemery. story. challenges us in medicine. Kind of It's not quite frontier medicine because there's there's definitely 21st century tools and skill sets. first. The springs are right. right. and drew my own blood and called them out infectious disease consult and started taking uh, medicine for schistosomiasis and then Dr. McStay. essence of preparation, and so again, the rationale for wilderness medicine is I think the skill sets that you learn in these courses I think, it well, they're probably taking injured patients to the hospital ships or doing something like that. And yes, they were doing a lot of that, but in the first week of the U.S. military's Trust our to <laughs> there so See yeah. like, oh yeah, isn't that the time when someone took a six pack and six residents up the cabin and that's where the concept of the, um, um, the basic scientist um, uh, clinician was, was codified, if you will. So two years basic science, two years of clinical, and that really exists till today. They redid the flexner report uh, a couple of years ago, which was really meant to be just kind of a broad look at medical education. And there were a few things that were interesting. Um, the, and the recommendations from it and the mandate for change to make an explicit area uh, focused in medical education and exploring the role of the physician citizen They study the importance of innovation in medical education and call for an establishment of uh, medical school learning tracks that tracks um, you have one now. I know this is one of those things that a lot of medical schools are now exploring. Um, so I think this is important because when, when educators and deans are charged with answering this report I think this is and we've had a lot of What is the wilderness medicine curriculum? Should this be a track? Does it click the boxes that we are now looking to click in terms of um, the physician citizen and innovation of medical education? The physician citizen, keep that in mind, because that's what we're going to talk about at the end. ASAP and SAAM have very robust wilderness medicine sections, I remember. And it's really a section that they've defined it um, many people interested in humanitarian response and you know more of the austere medicine, so places that are purely austere, although maybe not traditional wilderness settings. Um, my last check and is a year old ASAP for 520 members. For those interested, there are postgraduate fellowships. Um, so after residency, if you just can't get enough, you need one more year of training. people do there's a couple of flavors. I think a lot of people do fellowships to um, want to be wilderness medicine doctors and then go work in wilderness settings. I actually think it's a bad idea. I think most people coming out of the competitive program have the ability to work in a wilderness setting and they don't need to do a full fellowship for that. Um, they can go get a fat job somewhere, negotiate one or two months off Medicine, which is a consensus document about what the core fellowship competencies are, and, um, you know, we're not going into so much of what the core of is medicine is in this lecture, I kind of want to give you a, sort of a sense of the field. I also don't think that the field is mature enough. I think EMS is a model pathway for this, um, but I would say we're probably 10 years out from being a, having a competitive case to, to support that. In terms of research, um, it's, it's a tough field to have um, for, for research. The, the places that tend to do very well are altitude. Altitude tends to be funded very well, and frostbite has some research behind it. Um, Altitude is interestingly is um, a very high priority for the Department of Defense. So at the University of Colorado, we have an altitude research center that has a, a, several multi-million-dollar projects going on for rapid acclimatization. So how fast can we get our soldiers up to like and I think this is where I'd like to just share this with you. in sure. sets. There's lots of certifications out there. There's no certifying body. So this is, again, kind of a, a wild west, if you will, and you just have to sort of understand that. Lots of different groups are offering certifications. Some of these groups are for-profit companies. Others are universities. Others are nonprofits like NOLS. But they have these acronyms in Advanced Women's Life Support. The diploma in Mountain Medicine was just brought over from Europe. It's very well respected in the mountaineering community there. And that's being offered uh, probably four to six. Um, academic groups are now doing things that commercial groups have done, like offering these first responder skills skills to lay people. And commercial groups, one group is now offering medical student collectives at at, at different medical schools. Um, So, again, this to me is really just a reflection of the Wild West environment that I think we're seeing. Um, But, again, lots of opportunities for sure. When people ask me how to get involved, I say, well, it's very difficult. Pest and doctor. There's just a lot of money in it. There's not a ton of opportunities. But it's very easy to get involved. And I like to think of this as the 15% approach, um, where you can't do it 100%, but 15% you can do it. And we all know our busy are, are busy um, um, clinical load, and I think this is a really important part to diversify your career and get involved with it. All groups are constantly looking for medical direction. And here, just a random sampling of groups involved in comes from Lockheed Martin, um, which is the subcontractor for the National Science Foundation. And so we're in charge of emergency medical services running um, as medical direction for the NRA program. Um, individuals would often say, well, how do I get covered for this? And so what we're seeing now, and this is kind of a cool thing, is under the auspices of this, again, this number. One of those things where you call your insurance company, and I've heard this from a lot of my colleagues in the insurance company, it just doesn't know how to answer that. They'll get my to give um, medical support for the local Boy Scout troop who I'm involved with, and they'll say yes and no and maybe, and it's just, it's, um, um, lots of times there's an to, to get these questions answered, and I think it's frustrating for people that want to get involved. Medicine. It's just a man I took a picture of um, from a diverse camp. It was a marathon in ran, starting at 17,500 feet. Luckily, it went downhill. Media opportunities are everywhere. what's going through their mind right now. Um, There's a lot of people out there that actually don't know what they're talking about and giving bad advice, and I think there's a niche to be filled for people to have um, um, education in these areas to to be sort of the go-to person for uh, media. This was a how I was reading the newspaper. There was an awesome New York Times interactive on climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And you could click on it and you could see the guy's heart rate go up and he went to the different camps. And I think it's still online. It was was magnificently done. But he basically described how he progressively got acute mountain sickness and kept going up, which of course is a big no-no. So I was in the sense. message it was irresponsible and, and you know, this puts people in harm's way if they think this is the right thing to do. It didn't get accepted. But um, early us. Um, but again opportunities. Um, all these CMAs like I said is just a random random sampling everyone is always looking for people to lecture on different topics. So again um, these are great ways for you to sort of apply your training have some um, opportunities to travel a few niche things I want to cover Um, real quickly is this used to be considered wilderness medicine. I would call it more austere medicine, but um, has anyone ever worked on a cruise ship? Um, What used to be kind of, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Spartan resources now have fully all night after they ate the lobster bisque and are not headed to the chocolate bar. Um, what does this do to stage after exacerbations and so forth? Um, it's uh, it's a whole new, it's, it's untried territory and as cruise ships get bigger and bigger we're learning more and more, but um, again, these are great opportunities for those that can take the time to travel. Most of the cruise ships now are asking, it used to be you, you could jump in for a week and get out, and now they're asking for three six month commitments, but you're uh, able to do it. It's a, it's a fun way to, um, to practice. This is just a side to say that a lot of the research and things we learned from wellness medicine in the military totally separate field. We're not going to get into that. Uh, but it's important to know that that is a, um, um, that exists and people pay a lot of attention, especially from the, the war theaters in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, one of the latest things we're learning about wound care and stuff like that because there's um, one there's the, there's the need, but also there's a lot of money department um, going into research. Just pay medicine. As I look into more ways to practice. Then the band side, um, we know that the pressures are real, right? This is a not talking about, well, we're talking about the change in vector-borne diseases and what that means for vulnerable populations. We're seeing extreme storms. Of we've had experience with that here. Um, the largest storm recorded was Hurricane Sandy. The most powerful was Typhoon Haiyan, and this was uh, two years ago. We're seeing um, the effects of extreme heat waves, um, again, disproportionately affecting the most vulnerable in the inner cities. precipitation and extreme dryness in, in different areas. And here's just a summary slide. You guys have access to this to say these are the health effects of climate change from temperature I see sea level and extreme weather. And what I think is I always think about what happened here at Bubby Nattie. You know, and this is not always part of the, the national um, the national conversation on this. Is yes, we lost lives about two hundred lives in Sandy, I think, and, and yes, we lost property. And now it's like I building seawalls in New York Harbor, but we also lost the, the flagship public hospital of New York for a year. And I'm not going to that you guys you guys saw this firsthand, but that's a real. seeing more and more of this. So, um, I think, in many ways, this is becoming a health issue, but also a human rights issue. And so, just taking that big picture view of, and this is work we did at the Harvard School of Public Health in journal. for those that are interested, you can, you can see um, there's some very um, well-written uh, overviews on um, climate justice you know and what, exactly what that means at hhrjournal.org. So, taking that larger view, what is wilderness medicine? some of these most sensitive ecosystems across the planet, like Antarctica. <clears throat> We've got skill sets in climate-related disease and disaster response and an outstanding tradition of education. Emergency medicine is right there, too. And I think the added uh, boost to emergency medicine is that we are the experts in treating the most vulnerable. So I think within the House of Medicine, we are exceptional.